Hello, everyone. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Amazon. If you do any shopping on Amazon, please use the link at the bottom of the homepage at fsproductions.ca. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but Amazon gives us a percentage of whatever you buy. If you're feeling a little more generous, visit our Patreon page to donate to the show directly. You get cool bonuses and access to bonus content based on how much you donate. All the links for ways you can support the show can be found in the episode notes. Another thing I would quickly like to mention is our new monthly newsletter. You can sign up for it with your email at fsproductions.ca. The letter will include things such as sneak peeks at upcoming guests, my top three albums of the month, and links for where to find the music of the previous month's guests. So sign up for the newsletter at fsproductions.ca. This week's guest is Calgary hip-hop artist Lyric. Um... I had a really awesome time talking to him. He's a really down-to-earth individual, very hardworking and motivated as well. You can listen to his newest single, Caught Up, at the end of the episode. And I will post a link for where you can find the video for Escape in the episode notes. So, unfortunately, I fucked up. Got a new piece of equipment and I had the buffer settings set wrong. So you will notice a tiny amount of audio distortion all throughout the episode, and unfortunately, it gets progressively worse. I hope that you still listen to this because it was a really, really good episode and I had a really good time, and there's a lot of really good stuff in this interview. So I'm sorry for that. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I'm pretty embarrassed about it. But I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Lyric anyway. Uh, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. This is Group Talk with Froggy Style. Welcome to another episode of Groove Talk, everybody. On this week's episode, I am joined by Lyric. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I go by the name of uh, Lyric, 25 years old, three years here in Calgary, born and raised in uh, the Philippines. Um, yeah, Calgary's like, uh, it's been tough past few years, but you know, you gotta, never doesn't break you, make you stronger, right? Too cliche, but true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so are, are you just here by yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came here uh, three years ago under a worker program okay. and then worked worked it off to, uh, until I got uh, my permanent residency. So, yeah, it was it was pretty tough. Um, different environment as opposed to uh, I used to live with my mom and dad before back home. And then, um, you know, it's a, it was way different coming here well there i had my share of adversities there and but i had like tougher more deeper adversities here but then again it's like um yeah it makes it made me better as a person brought out more music made me feel more stuff so cool. yeah so have you have you always been doing music stuff then or yeah um uh, so I, gr- I grew up actually in a family where music was like a really big part uh of me growing up, my grandfather, for one, played 
before in a soul ja- soul jazz band, and then he's mainly uh, a banker by profession, and then a musician by night. Like he plays pianos at the Hyatt Hotel before, does sets playing pianos, and then my dad is a big music aficionado, where he was probably somewhat of a frustrated musician. So growing up, I know that we had like a we had he always had this like uh, somewhat bar back home, and then he had uh, turntables, speakers, and all that, and always had these records. And every time we'd go on long drives, he'd play mostly, you know, that's why my sound is mostly, this is like in hip hop nowadays, it's like there's that trap element, which is, which originates from the southern part of the United States, yeah. as opposed to the East Coast or West Coast, which is mostly, mainly driven by samples or funk styles. So yeah. that's where I'm more, more. Uh, in tune with it's because like growing up I'd listen to the Bee Gees, Earl Club, Earth Wind and Fire, um, Disco Fiasco, the whole mixtapes of Disco Fiasco. I'd listen listen to um, Swing Out Sister, so it's a mixture of both disco, funk, pop, and folk as well. That's why like um, those funky sounds m- had something in tune with my heart, and at the same time I've had cousins, um, friends I grew up with who were mainly driven by hip-hop like they they listen to bone thugs and harmony easy e tupac shakura i'm not really a big fan of i love Pac. i'm not really a big fan more of a biggie guy with that whole debate thing <laughs> but uh yeah like i grew up watching yo mtv raps with my cousins grew up to listening to what my dad listens to which is not really hip-hop but in a sense it's what hip-hop is in touch with because of sampling and all that so yeah that's that's one part of it Nice. Yeah. Um, so when did you know that you wanted to make hip-hop? Uh, it came out to me, like, when I was, because um, I was more of, like, a, a big basketball head when I was in elementary. Like, I was um, always watching. Basketball is huge in the Philippines. And then I was more into, like, um, more into, you know, back in the late 90s, early 90s, hip-hop was somewhat in tune with basketball, not just because of the African-American players, but with a culture that, you know, all-star games, all these celebrities would do tracks for the NBA games. And But when Allen Iverson came into play late 90s, he somewhat brought, you know, that bad boy image of, like, hip-hop to basketball and mixed the two. Yeah. So I was, like, more of a huge basketball fan. But then I was already listening to hip-hop, and then I was like, oh, so the two actually, like, go hand-in-hand hand together. So slowly and sh- but surely, I was, like, more going into hip-hop because of basketball, like I was reading magazines. Cool. And then afterwards, getting more and more into the fashion and all that. So you, you have a real, a real cool sound. It's not just... Thank you. It's not just, like, yeah. rapping and hip-hop. There's a lot of kind yeah. of, like, melodic vocals and yeah. kind of R&B style. Yeah. Um, it, does that come from kind of, uh, your, your, your background and like the way that you grew up with the BGs and stuff like that, or? Uh, I don't say never, um, good question. I, I've never looked at it that way, actually. It was like, uh, up until recent, maybe it had, you know, certain fillers in my head that bring me up to that level, but, um, so before the new material, I had like old material, which is not nowhere to be found on the internet right now, just private copies. I deleted it off of the internet. I was like more of like who would, we would say boom bop lyric, more of like 
you know, the lyric who's just focused on bars, focused on chant hooks and stuff like that. Yeah. I tried to sing before on a few tracks, but it sucked. It really sucked. It was maybe because I wasn't really singing from the heart. And then I took a short hiatus from music, changed my name, wasn't really going to shows, wasn't really writing, was just listening from time to time, but was barely even listening from time to time to music, just preoccupied in other stuff. And then I started to feel more adversity, but then I always had this called the adversity as opportunity. And the music I had before was like, it didn't really make sense. It was just me rapping about um, wanting to be, you know, the next guy out of Calgary, yeah. wanting to be this guy and that guy, thinking I'm I'm the shit and stuff like that. But so I erased that and like, there's nothing more real than writing about music which you know you feel um you're currently feeling because of situations but then again you would present it in lyrics where people would somewhat feel it in a way that they're also you know uh they could relate to it like oh I'm, like when they hear escape one of my songs or they could hear home it's like oh i used to be there and like i try to share my story but in a way not the whole story, like try to word it in where other people could also join in in that mix. Yeah. Now, with going back to saying before, I used to sing, but it sucked, so I cut that out of that. And then suddenly new beats came, a new sound came, and I was like, uh, add this element to it and tried to sing over the beats. And I just tried to, before I think it would sound awkward, but then I just belted out on the mic and it really sounded dope, so I was like, yeah, a bit more practice. At first, it was different. Then as I added that more onto, more and more into songs, as I sang more and more live uh, performances, it developed my singing aspect of of uh, performing or in hip-hop in general and my rapping. Yeah. And, yeah, just added it because of, yeah, because, like, I don't know, sometimes rapping has its purpose. I'm not the writer who's uh, mainly folk because they're, MCs or writers who are bar for bar, where they have reference for reference and reference for reference. I'm more of like the storyteller type of guy where I like, um, you know, tell it how it is and not try to uh, emulate it to like who this person, oh, my situation is like people, some, some some people say like, oh, I'm hard like my, my situation's hard like Mike Tyson. Yeah. Like, they try to reference hard to Mike Tyson. Yeah. I try to reference my situation as hard because I went through this and that. I don't, I'm not the writer who just, people would be amazed at, oh, he referenced that. For me, it's like, I try to reference it on storytelling. Yeah. So, um, I was like, I'm not really the rapper who's go, going bar for bar, so maybe singing would add more element to it. Cool. That's what it, how it started. So you like added it in for more of the storytelling aspect yeah, of the song. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So obviously, music is a big release for you. Then. Yeah. Like you get a lot of your emotions and stuff out that way. Yeah. 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 It was like mostly, I never really looked at music that way. But then, like seeing, because like growing up early two thousands, it was mainly seeing these guys rap about swagger, money, and all that stuff. And then I listened more to, like, when it got, maturity came. I, I was listening to Biggie Smalls as a kid, but I really never really understood it as, uh, from the perspective of an adult. And then adulthood came, or after being a teenager came, 
I listened more and more to how Biggie presented it, and I was like, oh, I listened more and more to how Ice Cube presented his stuff, and I'm like, yeah, reality raps actually works. Yeah. Maybe a lot of people may not buy it because a lot of people are more for that, you know, party and bullshit type rap. Um, but for me, somewhat reality rap somewhat worked worked out for me so that's where yeah. i finally found my comfort cool and it's hard because it can you can't always write good raps unless you feel stuff and there are days which are really bland where you can't really or months even which are really bland that you're frustrated to write on something but it ends up being redundant to what you previously did yeah so that's only the downside of things but it works out it worked out for me so yeah yeah cool like that's what kept me away from like rap and hip hop for a long yeah, time. And yeah. I thought it was all, you know, party and bullshit yeah, and yeah. swag. And it's like, then you start listening to actual, like, yeah, story rap. Like I know that rapper, like, or the, the stereotype or the, the misconception or there's the rappers, you know, they're tough guys and they're yeah, like yeah. super hard, but then it's some of like the most emotionally charged music, I think, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, like, a lot of it is emotionally charged and probably, like, uh, I'm not, not against party and bullshit rap. If oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not categorizing it this now, but it's, like, yeah, not against that type of um, spitting when it comes to rap. But then again, I just try to position it in a way where it's, like, oh, probably there was, like, a lot of adversity at the time where rappers could, these guys never really uh, had much of that at the time. So I was, like, um, more like more in tune with that like yeah. they they didn't really they grew up probably not having this so right now they're just proud of it yeah in a way but yeah it was never really that's also what sort of pushed me away from hip-hop at a certain point in time but then artists like kendrick lamar artists like j cole artists like logic the new school guys came along artists like evidence from the underground scene came along and you see them per- portray reality raps again. So I'm like, yeah, it's it's really a cool thing to do. So I'm like, yeah, yeah there's nothing really than rapping about what's what's real, right? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I mean, the cool thing about hip hop and rap too is it kind of you can incorporate incorporate so many different different genres into it yeah. as well. Like you can get up there and you can just have a DJ and like have yeah. a beat or you can get up there with guitars and I have a full band if well, you want, yeah. you know? Yeah, so that's, like, that's one of my dreams actually. Just yeah. that full band setup thing. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. Do you play any instruments? Yeah, or? yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to, before rapping, I was actually into, yeah, before rapping, I was more, I, I played drums and then guitar, like my alma mater, like my forte in instruments is um, bass guitar. Oh, cool. So mainly bass guitar. And then uh, piano, I don't read notes, but I, I'm a widow in term of piano. Like, I know the sound I want, and I try to play it in the sound that I want. And then, um, yeah, it just sort of works out. Yeah. But yeah, mainly it's bass, and it helps in production, like when I produce beats. It helps, and it help. Ba- learning bass actually helped me a lot in timing. I was so pissed in studying it before because my teachers were so strict in timing. Yeah. And did a lot of shit for timing that, oh, you're not doing this right. Oh, you're not doing that right. But then afterwards, I was like, right now, I'm really grateful for them because, like, when I'm in the studio and, like, Shane's recording me, and then the first take, it's a scratch track, 
and they, the difference in timing is like he barely has to adjust me in timing. And I don't want to put that in an arrogant way, yeah. but it's just like years of practice from, you know, mo- metronomes to t- different timings, different time signatures helped me in my rapping now, which I never really saw the benefit of it before, but it's it's essential for any instrument to be on time, right? Oh, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's how it, what would help me out on that, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Timing is key for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Like if you can play play to a metronome at least a little bit just to kind of keep that that yeah. groove get that groove down um we were talking kind of talking about it a little bit um in the car but you have a music video and yeah. uh so was that your idea to do the music video or were you approached by the person who did the music video or were they were they like hey can i make a music video of one of your songs or uh with the music video, yeah, the funny thing with the music video. So, I released the uh, EP called like "What's in a Name" four or five months, six months ago. So when I released that EP, it was like um, it was a uh, I, I never even imagined doing a music video for the track. And then a month after releasing the EP, I got a random message from Facebook from Rodi Kanechi. And then it was a long message, really professionally given. And he sent me a Vimeo link of his stuff. And then I opened it, and he was like, are you interested in doing a video? And then I opened his stuff, and I'm like, man, the quality was like, I was blown away. Yeah. But then I'm I'm too broke. Like, I know, I know like, oh, man, like, at the time, uh, I had financial struggles at the time. So I'm like, damn, man, I can't really afford, I can't really afford that video right now, so... I know deep down, like, I can't afford it. So I told him, like, man, I can't afford the video. I really like your work. I really respect it. I really like your work. But, you know, I got to come up real and come got to come up straight. I can't afford the video. Yeah. And uh, I was just really honest. and But I, I, I am paying for it because, like, you know, everyone needs to eat. That's my mentality. Yeah. You, do, you have to eat. And then he was, like, uh, he presented me the video. I didn't, like, I was, like, yeah, he was, like, he was from Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Okay. And then he moved to Calgary just recent and then um he wanted to do the video. So it's like, yeah, we did it. And then when we did it, I was like cuz like you know how a lot of artists want they have this imagination for the track, right? Like, oh, I think this would be cool and that would be cool. But then I, I prepared myself. I was like, you know what? Regardless of what's in my head right now on how I want this video to to show, how I want this video to be played out, it's not going to be how it is because I can't USB my imagination to this guy's head yeah. and for it to come correct. It's going to come out as arguments, 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 and then it being blown off as something not really good. So I just, you know, let him do his stuff, be the man behind the camera, direct me. It came out really awesome. Like, I was like, we had that connection right away. Same with, like, with, with Shane. Like, I was really happy that I took that hiatus for music because after I took that hiatus, everything took direct direction to a better way. Yeah, because it was like um, I found the sound guy who I'm comfortable with. I found this videographer I'm comfortable with, and it's not just business anymore. We have this friendship, we have this understanding now of that you're my buddy, regardless if I do music or not. Yeah. And going back to the video, so we did the video, and then I was really stoked, and I was really so happy with it. And then to to put the icing on top of the cake. I uh, reached out to Benny Johnson. Shout out to Benny Johnson of 10 at 10, 10 at 10 Calgary. 
And then um, I told uh, I sent him and Jefferson Blanco, another member of Tencent Calgary, the video in a private group chat. And then prior to the video, they loved the track Escape. Yeah. So honestly, up to date, it's still one of my best tracks. And yeah. then I was like, uh, they were so gracious enough to let me premiere the video at 1010. So that was the icing on top of the cake. There was like, awesome. it was packed. Like ten, It was a packed 10 of 10. And like November, November 8th, Still can't forget that day. That was one of the best nights of my life. Awesome. Musically, the love I got was like, you know, still when I when I remember it, it makes me happy that night. And the video, the love, the, the performance, it, it, it just made everything seem right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah that's a cool story. Um, I've noticed actually recently, I don't know if it was because I just wasn't paying attention before yeah. because of this, but like, I feel like music videos are almost making a comeback. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were, like, really big in the 90s, and then I don't know if they... Like I said, I don't know if it was just me who wasn't paying attention, yeah. but they seem to have kind of went away for a little bit. But now everybody's making music videos again, and it's I don't know if it's because it's easier than it's ever been. Yeah. You know, you have, like, platforms like YouTube and yeah. stuff, but it's... I don't know. It's really... It's a neat thing to see because it furthers yeah. that, like, storytelling aspect of the whole thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you're totally right about that because, like, right now with music videos, it's, like, it's there's more of a bar set for music videos maybe because of guys like Kanye West or maybe because of you add the element of film into it as opposed to the standard you rapping in front of a camera with your gold chain yeah. or like with uh drinking some uh alcohol with your homies in a car like right now music videos have that certain bar where you have to have people blown away with how it looks like or what the story is presented on it yeah and yeah, yeah, like right now it's like it's slowly coming back because like for a while, like you know, um, they say video killed the radio song, but then iTunes got back, Spotify yeah. got back and killed <laughs> video on YouTube. Oh, so yeah. it's like yeah, net for net on that aspect. But then you got that um, thing right now where when a new video drops, people go crazy for it, yeah. as opposed to when a new single drops, people are not really amplified. Like when a new single drops. People say that, oh, this single's hot. I can't wait for the video. Yeah. That's the mentality right now. Yeah. That. Maybe because it is, like, different, you know? It's yeah. not something yeah. that they are singing yeah. now all the time now. But I agree. Like, you you post, like, a, a song or something, and people be like, yeah, okay, cool. You yeah. post, but it's like you post a video, and people go nuts. Yeah, like, when you post a video, it's like... And when you see the views go up and up and up and up and up and up, and you see the statistics of the videos, like, now we're in Canada, and then you see it's, like, for Escape, like, when I saw... Mexico, Japan, and I was like, damn, like, I, for me right now, what's going through my head right now is like, I hope someone in Mexico really loves my shit, that I get a free trip there, and like, yeah. that's what goes <laughs> in my head right now, man, but yeah. Hopefully, like, some promoter picks me up here. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, go to like, Cancun, listen. do a show in Cancun, that would, oh man, that would, like, make everything so much worthwhile. Yeah, that'd be aspect. super cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so are you producing most of your own beats then, or... Not, uh, with the past two EPs and the singles I released, um, it was from different producers. I produce beats, too. though. Okay. I found it always hard to... I produce beats for other artists in the past. I always found it hard to produce for myself. It's because, like, someone, when you produce for yourself, it's like, um, you know what you want. It's just so hard to deliver it. Like, you get too... Like, you're already picky with something, and you get twice as picky when you produce for yourself. That's oh, yeah. my dilemma on that. Yeah. As opposed to when this artist like tells me, oh, I want like a big Sean type beat. Oh, I want like, um, 
I want like a poppy type beat. And you give them stuff and they, okay, I like that, I'll buy it. Yeah. But for you, it's like, you have you have selection on oh, it. Like, yeah, for it's sure. not natural selection. It's like too organized of a selection that you're presented with. With the EPs I had, like especially Escape, the producer is from Australia, so his name is uh, Origami. Okay. And he was yeah he was really gracious enough to when he when he heard what I came up with Escape, he was like yeah it's yours man it's yours. I'm like really I, I don't mind paying you and he was like no it's it's yours man so I was like oh, okay that. Real re- realness comes in, yeah. And the other beats, it's like different artists, like uh, Luke White from uh, Oregon in uh, the states. So it's mainly a mix of producers, but mainly I have my go-to guys. I don't go jumping and jumping off different producers. I just probably have like three guys who are my go-to guys. Um, currently, I'm just trying to break the norm off that and just wanna take charge of like. For the new projects I drop, it's also self-produced in a way. So yeah, that's that's what I'm working on right now. Sweet. Do you find that uh, having somebody else produce like a beat for you, or basically even collaborating with people in general, do you find it gives like your your sound a different, you know, kind of a, it adds a different flavor to your music? Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. It's just like sometimes it's um, for me. What gets me is like the drops and like. Right now, every time I hear a beat, at first I mumble rap and mumble sing it. And then when I really like the flow and go through the beat, I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna buy this beat right now. And like, I really buy it. It's because if it goes out of your grasp, then it's wasted opportunity. You could have owned the rights to that song. Yeah. At least owned, least that song and sold 50,000 copies on that song on iTunes or Spotify. So, yeah, yeah that's what's on my mind. Awesome. Um,. Do you do you collaborate with other artists a lot uh, in regards to maybe not just beats, but like with lyri- lyrically as well? Lyrically, uh, no. I'm honestly a bit of an asshole when it's com- when it comes to <laughs> collaborations. Like I, I don't really collab. I'm very picky with who yeah. I collaborate with, and it's just for reasons that creative. For one is creativity. Yeah. Second is personality. Yeah. Third is relevance on it. So, uh, I have this collective right now. I'm part of a collective called No Imagination, and it just started like two, three months ago. And these are the people who I'm really comfortable in collaborating with because I see I'm a fan of their music, and I'm just so happy to be in a collective with them. Artists like Drew Jetson, Prophet, and Nika. Um, she's a singer. She's a newest member in our group, and these two are like dope MCs, different styles dope MCs and it's just we felt that you know for some time we were underrated in Calgary and then being as one you know we can make more of an impact but still we want to be relevant we don't want to make an impact like we're the shit yeah and make an impact on a different note and yeah those are probably the go-to guys I go for collaborations with I'm open to collaborating I have I'm a fan of like local artists such as like Max Julian um AYE, it's Jab, uh, art, ed, artists in Edmonton. Like, I'm a big fan of an artist in Edmonton named K Riz, and I have a certain relationship with K Riz as friends too, aside from musicians. And he, there, those are the guys who I dream to collaborate with, who are, lo- not locally in Calgary but Alberta, yeah, in a way. And um, 
But as opposed to like when someone just reaches out to me and, you know, I think we should do some stuff. Sometimes it's hard to say upfront no. Yeah. Because I don't want to present myself like, uh, this guy's fucking arrogant. Like, I mean, but I'll just say, I'll think about it. But I end up saying no eventually. Yeah. Because I, I already have in my head guys who I want to, if I'm going to jump on a track or on a certain beat, I already have in my head that I want to be with these guys. Yeah. As opposed to... Oh, no, no, I really, no, I don't really want to be with that guy. But yeah, like I, I get I'm what picky, you mean. Yeah. I, I get what that. you mean. Like, yes, yeah. I'm really picky with when I'm making music as well. Yeah. I like to, I, I can be an asshole, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like somebody will come and they're like, "Well, I think you should do this to your musical." Like, but I like it like this, and it's, it, yeah, it's, it's I, hard. I, that's why I'm a solo artist most of the time. Yeah, like, same. Like I used to be like. I used to be more of a solo artist in a sense. Yeah. But then I'm like, um, nah, shit. I, 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 uh, I want to go with these guys and that that guy. Like, I think it would be really dope. Like, I'm trying to be more open. Yeah. To that aspect, but then, still, I get pulled back or get reeled back into that bubble where I'm like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> be, I'm just gonna be on my own. Like, yeah. yeah. It's good when you do find those people that you can like yeah. vibe with. Um, yeah. Those are very, very helpful people, not yeah. only in for collaborations, but those are people who are usually more likely to give you honest criticism, yeah. you know, about your music instead of just being like, yeah, it's awesome, man. They're like, yeah. yeah, it's awesome, but, you know, you could do this here or something. And finding people who are willing to do that is so invaluable, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's really hard to also, like, because some, sometimes it's like, Oh, write a sixteen bar verse of this and then email it to me. Yeah. For me, like, okay, it has its purpose, but then you lose the essence of making the track. I wanna have twelve hour sessions in the studio when the artist is there and like, oh I think this would be dope. And when you feel the energy, it gets you more excited to drop the track on, oh, this is going out on SoundCloud on this week. And if you get the uh release date on it on Spotify and it gets approved on Spotify, it's like Oh shit! It's really happening now. It's on Spotify, and yeah. we did this in twelve hours. Like, I want to have that energy more, as opposed to the energy of like emailing. It has its purpose. I've done it uh, lots of times, but then I want. Um, I've also done twelve-hour sessions with artists in the studio, and I want that more as opposed to like clicking the bar- verse I, I wrote. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I get that. Yeah. And like, there's, you know, big artists now that say. Like well, at least one guy I listened to, he says, you know, if you can't write a song within twenty hours, yeah. then just ditch that song and then start again because that's when you're gonna like get your, you know, your magic. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard timelines. Oh the yeah, deadlines exactly. Come into when you when you get like into collaborations. Yeah, and I've I've never been able to write a song within twenty hours. So. <laughs> I I could, but then it's like, how happy are you with it, right? Yeah. Like how how good do you think it would come out, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But then again, on the flip side, you can get, you can overwork a song for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. you like just listen to no, it no. so many times, and there's a million things that you can tweak. Yeah. And I guess it's just finding what works for you, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonically and personally, like, it, it also the you know the dilemma with collaborating on a track is like, what is the theme? What are you gonna write about? And then it's a conflict of interest most of the time. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of the dilemmas I deal with on that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, I could see that. It's what like especially when you're both doing yeah. uh, vocals. Um, so since you have only been here for three years, yeah. Um, what's your what's your take on the Calgary music scene? 
The Calgary music scene, uh, it was the first things I tried to look for. Yeah. And it was uh, breaking it is hard. It, it, it's hard. Breaking it and being wanted is hard, like in any scene. But it's supportive. It's yeah. supportive. If I if I would if I were to compare it to the scene back home in the Philippines, in the Philippines people would not really fuck with your shit until you're someone who's signed somewhere. Yeah. Like I've had people in the Philippines find me in ridicule for wanting to rap, find my dreams like I'm a grown ass man instead of looking for a nine to five, busy going rapping. Yeah. They didn't really get that aspect. They didn't really think you'd get signed. And then I come here, and then they see, oh, he's in a foreign land now, and he's somewhat killing it. Yeah. I'm only somewhat killing it. It's because the energy I get motivates me as opposed to the energy I got back home kills me. Yeah. Because when I was trying to do some of the same shit back home, you thought it was a joke. But now I'm doing it here, and I get shit on iTunes and Spotify now as opposed to before it was only YouTube and SoundCloud. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's a good feeling that, you know, you prove them wrong. Yeah. But the Calgary scene was hard to break at first. Like, you know, you have to, pr- which in any scene, you have to prove your worth. Yeah. You have to prove yourself. You have to prove that you have this much music, this type of music that to get on a certain level still. It's all about levels still. But it's still like, you know, when I got here, for uh, I reached out, messaged different people. Most gracious guy who got back to me is Benny Johnson again from 10 to 10. Sweet. I've done 10 to 10 twice last year. First was in June. That was my first 10 to 10. And I had a different sound back then. I wasn't singing back then. That was like the boom bop stage of lyric as opposed to the now escape singing lyric, like the evolution of stuff. Yeah. And then Benny was just like, yeah, let's put you on again. And I was like, I've, I've seen guys who also from... Elevated Etiquette, the Party Quest crew, shout-outs to Rebecca Don and Rubix, uh, the whole uh, Controverse Collective. I've seen them. They put me on open mics. And then, you know, as opposed to before not being lined up and invited in a gig, it made me hungry. So that hunger made me want to, fuck, it's Friday night, look on Facebook events, oh, open mic. I'll go out with a USB and I'll give it to the DJ. Yeah. And then, you know, perform, if not every week, people might say, oh, it's him again, but I'm like, at least you know it's me again. Yeah, that's like, that's exactly. what's in my head right now. Yeah. And then um, I was at that stage, and then going now into going now into the scene, it's like um, after everything like just skyrocketed in a way after Escape, like guys messaged me like, hey, do you want to be a musical guest? Like, shout out this one, Andrew Fung. Shout out to Andrew Fung. He's a actor at uh, for CBC's um, Kim's Convenience. And he's he does improv shows at the Loose Moose Theater. He messaged me if I want to be a musical guest. I went at his uh, improv show. Oh, sweet! And I was like nervous at first because it's a different crowd, not as the hip hop crowd I'm used to. Yeah. But you're breaking barriers now, like yeah. As opposed to the you know, and I would still do open mics if there were open. If there was an open mic tonight, I have like my tracks on my phone and my USB. I give it to the DJ, get an aux cord, and rap it. Like just be prepared in any opportunity, but. You know, the hunger was with me, still is. I, I'm just blessed right now that with the traction of the mu- the stuff I released got me into more stuff. But the Calgary scene was hard to break. But when you break it, it's the best, one of the best scenes in the world. It's because 
people treat you with respect. Not just respect. They treat you with a certain type of love that, you know, uh, that, like, when, when you get off stage, it's, it's like, people, people are like, damn, they treat you like you're some guy from the States or you're some guy from New York who just big record deal, but you're just a local guy. Yeah. And the love that, the respect that you give is what makes you wanting more. Yeah. People get that in different ways. Some people negatively feel like they feel themselves too much. I still try to be grounded as much as I can. But yeah, it's like, for me, it was hard. It's one of the best scenes in the world, though, because even on a, like, 10 at 10, one of the best examples is 10 at 10. 10 at 10 goes on every Wednesday, if not Thursday night. And you see a pack, a club packed on a weekday. Yeah. Which is rare. So oh, yeah, for sure. That's what I want people from Toronto, Vancouver, New York, Chicago to see, that there's something in Calgary. You just have to open your eyes on what that something is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you just you have to know what's going on yeah, too. Yeah. Like, but yeah, there's so many of those shows around town that yeah, it's great. And Ten to Ten is a great community for sure. Oh yeah, super supportive. I can remember the first time I went there. Um, yeah, like just everybody was so. I wasn't expecting that from like a hip hop scene, but everybody was so supportive and just there to support each other and just. It was it was great. Like it was a great great experience yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yeah, her huge shout outs to Tenet. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> they're like that staple of uh, music right now. And there's a lot too. Like they, you have vibing out now, and this thing that me and Shane are starting at Cafe Koi Safe and Sound. It's just you know. Yeah. I want to as aside from being an artist who goes on other shows, I want to at least you know be a brick in what we're building in Calgary. Yeah. To, you know, let people know that, oh, we're, we have this. At the same time, it's like well, for me and Shane, uh, for on what me and Shane are doing, we're donating to charities. It's like we give you music, but not just music. We give back to the community. Yeah. In certain ways, monetary, non-monetary, but yeah. It's like yeah, that's, those type of ways. And that's, yeah. what, you, that's what the community needs. Right? Yeah. That's how the community is going to grow and thrive is people just contributing yeah. and being involved in it. Yeah. And like even something like this is, it contributes to the community. It just gets the word out, you know? Yeah. Like, it's all about it. Yeah, exactly. It's all about network networking and just like, I don't know, once you start getting into it and you realize it's all about networking and just being a, decent person to people like. yeah yeah like that, that's what i always try to say in my head like um it doesn't cost one dollar to not be an asshole right yeah like i always have this mantra besides having to say that in adversity is opportunity i read this one quote one time from like um i forgot where it was from it, it said that whatever you are be a good one yeah it's not really it doesn't cost you 25 cents even to not be an asshole you could be an asshole in certain occasions, but in certain occasions, if you could not be an asshole, that's, you know, yeah, <laughs> it gives you that vibe. You know? It's definitely better. And uh, what you put out, you get back, right? Yeah. So if you're, not, if you're not an asshole to people, then people aren't going to be an asshole yeah, to you. Yeah, so, yeah. like, just res that reciprocal, reciprocal yeah. thing. But, uh, yeah. Um, so... What's what's twenty seventeen hold for you? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Uh, 
2017 has been crazy so far. So, like, I've been performing every weekend since January. This is this week and last week was the only week I had breaks. Yeah. Not even this week. Last night I did Cypher Church. Prior to last night, I, I did a Cypher at 10 at 10. It's Cypher. It's not the full set that I usually do, but it's Cypher, so it's still sonically getting energy out of me to present myself on stage. Yeah. But it's just been crazy since the video has been big, so I just have to give a huge shout-out to Rap Productions and my, my buddy Riley Kanechi because without the video and without all that element uh, on it, I wouldn't even be performing much. But um, that being said, 2017... I got a couple of shows coming out, like, so at the end of the month, we're like for events. I'm ho- uh, we're gonna host again Safe and Sound Volume Three. It's an all women's night though for that one. Cool. And we're gonna. I don't. I forgot the charity. I have to ask you know the <laughs> charity that we're gonna donate to. Um, other than that, I'm performing for uh, Cryptic Wisdom on May. Uh, he he's on tour. He's from Arizona and he's on tour right now, coming to Calgary on uh, May 10th. And uh, it's by J Reds and Intrinsic Productions. They're originally from Edmonton, but yeah, it's like uh, it was still like he made messaged me on uh, yo, you want to do cryptic wisdom? And yeah, he's such a good person too. So you know, that's also one hassle of being an artist if you're dealing with promoters. Yeah, because promoters could be you know the lowest of the low. It's rare that they're up to that level. Yeah. Sometimes they think they're and they fish in the bottom, but it's rare that that artist J Reds is an uh, an artist too. That's why he understands it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was not. He's not one of the artists who's like, oh, if you can't sell these tickets, you're not on it. Yeah. He's like, just you know, I'm happy to have you on. And like, yeah, man. I'm, uh, yeah, if I, yeah. Uh, ten bucks. I have tickets still. Like, uh, I have tickets still for Cryptic Wisdom. It's gonna be at Night Owl. Cool. So yeah, that's one show I'm looking forward to in May. As of like right now, my schedule is still open as opposed to in January where I had this every weekend and I have this one thing on a we- work day. Yeah. But mostly I want to get booked on a weekend because I'm just too tired on a working day. Like I work a regular job every day and I'm like, oh man, I can't do, I don't have the energy to do this. So but on the weekend, I'm like, on Friday night after I clock out, I'm like, okay, I put a different hat on. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but now for 2017. Yeah, uh, hopefully more shows, um, a new EP, new album, new full-length album, self-produced, two new videos, that's for sure, two new videos, that's for sure, uh, more, yeah, and, um, yeah, just, I want to just bask in the moment, besides a solo EP, I'm targeting on doing an EP with my collective No Imagination to have a No Imagination EP, and yeah, I just want to, you know, try to do something musical every month. Yeah. If not, try to be at least, you know, a curator in the hip-hop scene or music scene in general in Calgary. So yeah, that's... 2016 for me was like... Late 2016 was a warm-up. 2017 is still pre-warm-up. But I wanted to get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and like, you know, strike while the, the rod is hot, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the iron is hot, yeah. That's my mentality right now. That awesome, man. It sounds like it's, I don't know. It's like in in my eyes, you you talk to me, and it sounds like you're doing just like everything right. You're just working hard. Thanks, you're man. like networking. You're just give, you're giving back to your community. It just seems that yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I, I really you, man. Appreciate, appreciate what you're doing. Like it's super cool. 
I appreciate I really appreciate it and it's like also like um uh not just that like streetwear brands in Calgary like my buddy Albert like the merch I'm wearing right now is actually from a local streetwear brand called Legal Hustle Clothing. Okay. And he's uh he's not a rapper but he's in a crump dance group called Empirical Freedom. Oh cool. And you know that goes hand in hand with hip hop and hip hop goes hand in hand with fashion and I'm just blessed that I buy stuff from it but some he I get free stuff from the clothing line but you know it's also support in yeah. the community itself and it's you know it's probably the little perks that I get for not trying to be an asshole where there are times <laughs> I'm I'm really I could be an asshole but yeah. I don't I don't want to, I just don't step on that level but yeah that that's pretty much it for that cool man um so you mentioned possibly as like a solo EP that you're going to be releasing this year. Yeah. Is that also uh, like pr- solo produce? Is that everything solo or yeah? Uh, yeah, for that EP, it's mainly, I don't want to say like solo producer. That's much of a selfish term for me. It's like, okay. Uh, no, 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 no. It's like solo producing in a way, but it's like my team. So Form 10, okay. Shane yeah. and Jesse are helping me produce it. Yeah. Because I can only do so much, I could like deliver the sounds. But technical technicality, I need them to make it happen bigger. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanna, you know, it beats having USBs of your. Okay, this, I leased this beat. So when when I get questioned, I got questioned twice for escape, but I'm like, yeah, I own the beat. So here, here you go. As opposed to having that piece of paper there all the time, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna make the beats on my own so that when they ask at least have the stems i have the stems for the beats but now every, nowadays like music is fun until the business side of things happen yeah when the business side of music hits that's when i'm like fuck it yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i'm even doing this that's the, that's the thing but then again everything is a corporation now so yeah for yeah. sure do you ever find that uh challenging on your own being more of a solo artist or uh yeah, it's like it's challenging because there are like opportunities that come my way, but then again, I have to consult friends who know the business more than me because I uh, one I don't want to get screwed, two I don't want my material getting stolen underneath me without yeah. me being aware of it. It's mainly just protection and just awareness and knowledge on the whole thing, but then again, I'm slowly just starting to research on stuff like SoCan, like um. Maple stamps on your uh, album so that you know you could sell it. And yeah, but that's basically it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, you said earlier that you also you do a little bit of photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how is how is that like inspired by your music, or does your music inspire your photography, or vice versa, or are they separate entity entities entirely? Um. They somewhat go hand in hand, like music and photography. Yeah. Somewhat go hand in hand, like because most of the time, I have my camera going walking around downtown, and I have my earphones on. And sometimes, what what's playing somewhat relates. Like this one time, uh, I was listening to "N.Y. State of Mind" by Nas. Yeah. That's and it goes back to "The World Is Yours" by Nas. And afterwards, when I went home, I was like looking at these, and I was like, "Oh, these could have been like graphic art for that album." So. It somewhat goes hand in hand. Most of the time, it's just like 
I'm walking downtown. It's like, oh, this looks cool. So take a shot of it. Yeah. But it's just, you know, um, I try to make it as hand in hand as possible that I want to still present myself on like platforms like Instagram and all that, that, oh, my picture still has that dark hip hoppy element to it. Yeah. As opposed to having it bright. Because like, honestly, most of my songs are really dark yeah. in a way. So that most of the pictures I take are like somewhat grimy in a way too. So yeah, that, it, it goes hand in hand. Cool. Um, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but would you mind just going a little bit deeper into what Safe and Sound, the Safe and Sound yeah. events are about? So Safe and Sound originated from the Philippines. It was by my friend who, because in the Philippines I was rapping before too in a band called Skydive Academy. And my one friend Jethro Sandico, he was um we he started this like back two thousand seven two thousand eight, so it was mainly it wasn't even a hip hop scene, so it was a live band scene, okay. alternative rock scene, and they would get the proceeds of that night for artists or for like this kid who needs a heart transplant, or this kid or this family whose house just burned down. Money wasn't really that big at the time, so it's somewhat cut, 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 cut. And then it started out with selfish intentions, honestly. Honest to God, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> ashamed of saying it, but it started out with uh, selfish intentions, safe and sound. So it was like, man, I want to have a show where my crew line, where my crew is the headliner. Yeah. Like Drew Jetson, Prophet, and me, we didn't have Nika at the time. We were the headliners yeah. of the show. But then I'm like, but how do I present that while still being relevant? And then I dug deep and I was like, Sane was like, so yeah, we can make that happen. Cafe Koi can make that happen. And we were thinking of a name. And then it just hit me. Oh, safe and sound. And it's like, why don't I also bring out the element of charity in it? And then Shane presented uh, that charity. The first charity for the first one was the Brenda Strafford Center for Domestic Violence. And we, and it was it was crazy because Cafe Koi needed a hip hop night. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to cut. Th- I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I'm like, I'm sort of like, oh, I don't want to do an open mic anymore. I want to feel loved, and I want the other artists to feel loved too. Like I want us to be in the poster. Yeah. I don't want us to do just 10, 15 minutes of music. I want us to do all thirty minute sets each. Yeah. So lined up six, seven artists did 30, 45 minute sets each, and then. It was like, um, it was crazy. Like, Cafe Koi said they got a lot of profit business-wise. And for a start, just for charging $5 at the door, we packed Cafe Koi three times that night. Nice. And we got $215 to donate to the Brenda Strafford Center on the first one. The second one was even better. I hosted the second one. I didn't perform in the second one. And we got, we, we were donating now to the brown bagging for kids. Kyle was on the second one. That's the first time I, I heard him too. Yeah. And um, we got $418. So oh, wow. it's growing and growing. And it gave, it, it's stressful in a way, but it's good stress. But then when you see the results of you like, what the fuck? Out of a hip hop night for, from local guys, we were able to get this much money. And then... What's good about it is like some people probably feel bad that oh I hope I just kept the money but for us it's like we felt good in giving it. Yeah, for sure. It's like no one else is some some people are probably doing it but I don't I don't know. For now in my my head it's like we're the only ones doing it at the moment 
yeah. and it's good but and you know it's it just feels right yeah that you're giving a platform for artists to share music more than you know almost half an hour worth of music and then you still get the chance to do something good for the city itself yeah and sure. i want it to grow in a different way not just charities because you know you can give the charities all you want but then again the charities are run by corporations so it's that whole triangle illuminati thing again the whole yeah. triangle thing again <laughs> so i'm like yo shane why don't we uh research on families or children who need it yeah like this family may not have much and let's you know do a home visit research on that invite the family out to the gig yeah and then bring them out the stage and give the money to them give it to them directly instead of dealing with the corporation yeah i don't mind doing the charities the charities go out to the events too yeah but then just mix it up a bit yeah for sure yeah for sure and like definitely there are some charities out there that don't necessarily like aren't necessarily the best at least you know you got to kind of do your research on that aspect i guess but um what's it like oh yeah safe and sound it's the last friday of every month yeah it's the last friday of every month at cafe Cafe yeah cool um what's it been like kind of organizing shows and being on that side of things (laughs) compared to you know performing and stuff funny it's like this morning me and shane called me and he's like being stressed on one situation but that's the balance of our relationship as friends as him being my engineer producer and me being an artist it's like when i get in a certain type of level he de-escalates me when he gets on a certain type of level i de-escalate him so it goes hand in hand that uh organizing it is a challenge but then it's good because people are starting to message it how can what do i have to do to get on this it's just plain and simple it's just, you know, you have to have a good heart. Bring people out because the event wouldn't be possible without the venue. And the venue wouldn't give us the event if the venue wasn't having revenue. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, basically it's just that that's a requirement. Like, we assess the music really good. It's because if the music is, like, too violent or not really at, up to par. Yeah. It's like, no, because we want to show the audience or the people of Calgary that Calgary has this type of music. I mean, to each his own, everyone likes, like, probably what's not too good for me is your cup of tea. Yeah. And what's your cup of tea is not really uh, too good for me. Yeah. Uh, to each his own. But then again, it's like, we have a certain level of that. And so far, it's been good. The artists stay the whole night. Because that's always one dilemma for me. The one dilemma for me is like, not just being or- organizing right now I'm just new in organizing events yeah but being an artist before I'm like I always feel pissed when after I perform the other guys leave yeah I'm like why can't you stay at least okay I understand you probably have to go somewhere but why can't you stay for two or three more acts and show respect yeah right instead of just like coming and leaving yeah, it's, it's like it's so selfish yeah. it's so selfish i find it really selfish it happens to me every now and then too but i like i try to stay i try to organize my time it's about per- prioritization and organizing your time yeah. well like i try to look at it that way where i um go to a gig but i have to go somewhere but I have that space to at least catch two more shows and then give my proper goodbye. Yeah. As opposed to going there with a whole gang of people and after you perform, the whole gang of people leaves with you and leaves the room empty. That's like selfish for me. And so far for Safe and Sound, we haven't had the problem. That's good. It's just um, people stay all throughout. The artists stay all throughout. Yeah. 
and yeah, it's it's just been awesome. Like, hopefully it goes that way, but I'm expecting that type of trouble because that that's it's been there ever since. Oh yeah, and it's still gonna be there, but it's on how you handle it. That's why me and Shane every time one ends to the next one, we have that space and that month to really assess on how we're gonna do that next one. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And like I mean. I, I, I think it was a previous guest brought it up, but you know, if a venue is going to take a chance on you as an yeah. artist or as a knight, you should be doing your best to, you know, make sure that that thing is packed, you know, yeah. like, you know, promoting this, but that also includes, you know, when you go into perform with your friends or whatever, like if you're bringing friends, then make sure they stick around for a couple yeah. of like yeah. songs or grab a drink or something. Yeah, like, because... like enjoy the night, right? Like, yeah. The club ain't running anywhere. Yeah. The club ain't running anywhere. Like if you're done with a gig, most people go to the club or the pub for a drink. Yeah. That, that place isn't running anywhere. So why can't you stay and support that venue where you're currently at right now, right? Yeah, exactly. But then again, like that's why now I'm starting to understand why the element of party has to slowly also come into these events too because yeah. Friday people just want to throw it all out. Yeah. Throw it all out anyway. They want to so, party, yeah. they want to drink. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's cool though. Thanks, man. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I like to ask this question of sure. kind of everybody, but uh, for yeah. what advice would you give to maybe somebody who's just starting out in music? Starting out in music. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, last night at Cypher Church, I was like, so I was conducting the whole thing. And I was like, I wanted to have it as an open mic, not just me having the mic. It's like, a live band was playing. Shout outs to like Connie Jacob Robson and the band. And I was like, anyone who wants to grab the mic, come up here. You don't have to be on beat, but what you have to say is from the heart. What you're feeling right now, example, your boss gave you a fucking long ass day today. Say it on the mic. I fucking hate my boss. Because for me, if you're starting out, nothing is more real than saying things which are from your heart. Yeah. Like, nothing is more real than... Like, for me, it's it's all about finding your identity, too, because it took me a while. And it still take me a while. It's still I'm still in that process where, is this really me? But then, because of songs like Escape... And because and of tractions on shows that I get, it's like, oh, okay, this is me now. Yeah. And then, you know, it just, if you're starting out, try, you know, people will always say, oh, I've always gotten this comment. You try to sound too much like J. Cole. You try too much to sound like Kendrick Lamar. I used to be always so pissed when people would tell me, like, fuck, you telling me you sound like J. Cole? Fuck, you tell me, tell me I sound like Kendrick Lamar. But right now, yeah. I embrace it. It's because if I go on stage... And if I go on the mic and rap like Kendrick or J. Cole, and if Kendrick or J. Cole or whoever comes out of your ears, and I pull, but it's me rapping, yeah. and that person comes up to your head, I'm doing something right because I fucking love those guys. Yeah. So if I somewhat sound like the person who I idolize, and I pull that off in the crowd or in front of that hater who's telling me I'm that guy, I'm doing something right. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say basically is like, if people are trying to hate on you or pull you down, take it. don't take it the wrong way. It's hard not to take it the wrong way. It's easier yeah. said than done. But take it the right way. It's because when people are starting to hate on you, you're doing something right. You're starting to hit that nudge with that certain person, especially if that person is also an artist. Yeah. It's like, I w it's deep down, he just can't say it that, I wish I was doing what you were doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Other than that, it's like, I've, after, other than finding your image... 
just try to be comfortable in, you know, who you are. Like, it's stressful. It's like, it's a, it's a long journey to really r- find the right song, find the right element, find the right melody, find the right flow to a beat. But, you know, if you want to rap about booty, money, liquor, weed, it's cool if that's what you're down with. But for me, I'd rather write about what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. I'd rather write about past experiences which still haunt me, still bring out my dark side. Instead of me bringing out my dark side, beating the shit out of someone, I'd rather bring it out on the mic or on the beat. Yeah, for so sure. That's, what, that's, what, that's just me on that. So if you're starting out, you know, be comfortable in who you are. Just be happy in who you are. Love yourself. If you love yourself, the music will love you. That's yeah. what I think. Isn't it? Cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. I'll be right back. I, 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 <laughs> cool. Is it Froggy Style Productions? Yeah. It is. All right. Thanks again, man. Oh. I'm going to though, so that, because, like, so I put, like, well, that's what I usually do. Yeah. Like, I put stuff on this, especially if it's, like, live stuff. I put it out, like, an hour or two, if not 24 hours or two, and then I take it off. Yeah. So that they could go to the link itself on iTunes. Too. Yeah. I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I put on two hats. That's what Shane says. Like you're you're being your manager for yourself, and you're being like your promoter for yourself. It's yeah. because I can't afford anyone else to do it. Yeah. And I'm independent <laughs> right now, and that's the only way to do it. Yeah. And then it's also helping people. It's like I deleted an hour, and then I'm gonna make a huge ass post that okay, it's gonna be out here. Yeah. And then I don't know for some reason it it works out. Yeah. I don't know. I should have taken marketing when I was in the university. But man, <laughs> it's like damn. It's like it goes hand in hand too. Yeah. That's one of the things that I honestly have uh, one of the biggest problems with is just promoting myself. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh you have to kind of get over this hurdle uh, of because you know when you're when you first start promoting yourself you like don't want to be like oh you don't want people to think that you're you think that you're the shit. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's it's way easier to promote friends and stuff like that than it yeah. is to promote yourself, but it's yeah. just something you got to get over, I find. Yeah, man. And when when I promote myself like on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, um I always it takes me 15 20 minutes to even click post because Man, is what I type too arrogant? Yeah. Because I don't want to be that guy who everyone's hating because I'm feeling myself too much. Yeah. And that's also one thing. Like, I love the Calgary scene, but I hate it when people are starting to... Like, it's a good energy boost, too. But yeah. then it's like, dog, instead of, like, you know, saying you're the shit, just don't say it and say it in a song. Yeah. Instead of, like, posting it. Yeah. I mean, it also, like... That's what people probably are taking off Kanye for, because Kanye has that whole thing right now. But then again, you're not Kanye. Yeah. Just like I'm not, like I look in the mirror, I'm Edward, I'm Lyric. I'm not J. Cole, I'm like Kendrick, as much as I want to be. And yeah. I admit that. People always say that you sound like this guy and that guy. I, I, I say, yeah, because I listen to them on a daily basis. Yeah. They were the ones who made me want to rap in the first place, yeah. as opposed to Biggie Smalls, which I know I could never fill in, and I couldn't even fill in J. Cole or Kendrick's shoes. But yeah. Yeah, well, like they're your they're your influences, right? Yeah, of yeah. course, you're gonna sound like your influences. Yeah. it's like that's what. Yeah, like people always have that mentality that I want to do something different or something unique. Yeah. Originality is such a huge word that the definition can't even be filled up by Mariah Webster anymore. It's because hip hop alone, it started out like with the Get Down. Yeah. They started sampling the Get Down tracks from the vinyls or the turntable itself. 
and hip hop alone was the rhymes are original. It's because from it comes from real stories. Yeah. But the beat in itself is not original because it's sampled. Yeah. Business wise, they could be sued, but that now then again, since a lot of people are doing it, business doesn't really. Yeah. But for me, it's like okay, that's what my that's what I loved about the get down. Yeah. Because it's like. Okay, people are trying to say I'm trying to sound or sample it, sound like J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. But the words that I'm spitting was not felt by J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar. Exactly. The words I spat was what I felt in three three years. Like, there were times I slept in the C-train station. J. Cole and Kendrick couldn't even sleep in the C-train station because, more on, they're not in Calgary. Yeah, but <laughs> they it's have like, no yeah. C-trains. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, originality is such a huge word. People want to be original. Yeah. But what it, but what is original, right? Yeah. Especially with TV, Facebook, the internet, what you see gets stuck in your head. When you sleep, you don't know the next day. It's still up there. Oh, yeah. And makes sure. you want to, you know, it's like a symbiote that wants to take hold of you. Yeah, I mean, we're being, like, constantly bombarded by, like, everything, right? Yeah. Like, we're being constantly stimulated, and, yeah, it's just, it leaks in, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I don't feel like, you have to take something and build off of it. If you were truly original, like, A, somebody, like, truly, truly original in music, it's like, people might not like you because you'd be so weird, you know? Yeah. I, like, it's all been done before, so you can't be, like, that true original, but you can do your original, you know? Yeah. Which is all you have to do. As long yeah. as it's your thing and it's coming from your heart, then what more can people ask, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> that's a, That's, yeah, and thank you for that, because that's exactly what I was trying to say, but, and it always chopped my ass if people were, like, saying that but then yeah my homie k riz from edmonton told me doug the better you handle the situation the more mature you get on it yeah and that's why i have so much respect for that guy and like yeah if i, I want to shout him out a quick promo for this he's dropping a new album anytime this year and like yeah man he's one of the guys he's the number one guy on my list if i were to collab with someone or open for someone yeah he's a lo- guy locally from alberta and he's from edmonton but i think he's got next if anyone were to come out next from alberta it's K-Riz. That's in my opinion. It's K-Riz. So, Sweet. Yeah, man, that's it. Um, so, it seems like a lot of music comes from, you know, suffering, or at least some of the best music. Like, that's not to say that there is no happy music, yeah. but do you think that if we lived in, like, a utopian society where everything was perfect, that we would have the music that we have today do you think it would be as good or do you think that like that true music like that really good music does come from like inherently it comes from suffering i don't know man like um i think if everything was like balanced and the whole world and everything was like all nice and perky yeah music would always find a way yeah because there are songs which are feel-good songs oh yeah but then again, just how feel good and commercial are they, right? Yeah. For me, I don't know. Right now, I'm just been and Shane's always been telling me this. Yeah, and in the long run, you'd have to write a song which is happy and motivational. Yeah. I still write songs which are somewhat motivational, but still, to be motivated, you have to come from somewhere dark and deep. Yeah. In order to feel that motivation come out. Yeah. So for me, it's like. I don't know, man. It's like uh. It were all nice and perky. I'd probably try to write an, a, a song, but I probably wouldn't <laughs> have as much. 
Because, like, I feed off darkness in a way. I yeah. feed off... I feed off the Vabuji, no way. I think yeah. a lot of artists do, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, because the world is really dark, and what's the best platform to put it on? The, the mic. Yeah. That's what I think. But it would music would always find a way. Oh, yeah. I think, especially in, like, I see, the, you know, those futuristic-type movies where, where 20 years from now, we'd have three planets, three Earths, but they still have something to listen to. Yeah. I think this... Co- same concept applies if that were reality yeah so yeah i think music would still find a way but i don't know what i'd be writing yeah i think i tried <laughs> writing a love song once and i tried writing it without being in love really and probably that's the closest thing i could relate to happiness now is love because right now all the love i feel is temporary love yeah i'm even at that stage so last night uh after cypher church a friend of mine drove me home and then we had that conversation, and I, I told her, I was like, I'm not really, you know, even in performance right now, per- performing right now, I feel temporary love. Yeah. I get love when I'm up there, but when I go down, I'm like, I know I'm going to be alone again. Yeah. For me, it's like, and I feed off that. I feed off temporary happiness. Yeah. But being, I don't know, in a perfect world where there's no war, disease, and everyone is happy, not broke. Probably there'd still be music, but instrumentals yeah. is the best way to <laughs> put it out, right? Yeah. You can make a happy instrumental, but it's hard to word it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And like, you know, you say world, you know, you set, give people the option to live in a world without yeah. war, disease, and death, or whatever. You give yeah. that people that option, they're like, oh, yeah, it sounds fantastic. But when you don't have that counterbalance of suffering or of unhappiness or loneliness or whatever it is, can you really truly appreciate that, that happiness that you do feel? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, like, I think it's what, like you said, it's just, it's all about balance. It's yeah. finding kind of your middle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's always a middle ground. That's why like, now that you asked me that question, I'm actually thinking of the concept of heaven and earth really does exist. Heaven and hell and earth. Like, how are people in heaven musically, right? Yeah. <laughs> how are the legends in heaven musically, really, right? If there's no suffering in that place. Because, like, I'm, I think suffering sucks. Suffering's a bitch. Oh, yeah. But suffering brings out the best music in anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's what I think, at least. Yeah. And it, it definitely it makes you stronger as a person. Yeah. Like, would you be who you are today if you didn't have to go through some of the things that you did go through? Yeah. Like, it, it makes you stronger as a person. It makes you appreciate life more, you know? Yeah. It's like... It's interesting to think that, you know, without the light, there is, or without the dark, there can't be light. There can't be and, light. Yeah, so. Everything, like, yeah, that everything in, in this world has to have something go hand in hand, at least, right? Yeah, for sure. It's like that balance and, like, that justice balance thing. Yeah. That being balanced, for, I don't know what the fuck it's called, but for, like, people studying law, oh, there's yeah. always that balance on things. I think yeah. that's, that's how I, I picture it in a way. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so are you, are you like a spiritual person at all? Yeah, I was raised Catholic, Roman yeah. Catholic. I've been, honestly, what got me into music besides like Allen Iverson and basketball before was like um, the church. So I was caught in bad situations at the time. I was a bad boy at school, like gang gangs and stuff like that yeah. were part of my teenage life. Joining yeah. a gang was part of my teenage life and shit like that. Um, attended the church. Not by choice, by chance, and I was, uh, I went to a summer camp, 
And then it was a Christian church, not a Catholic church. And then it, it hit me deep down, the music that they were making. So I could say spiritually that hit me. But then again, it opened me up to reality that regardless if this is a church, the pastor or whoever at that church, they, they could still be assholes. They could still be as evil as Satan himself <laughs> in a way. But yeah. I'm like, people are people. So I found like the one reason people go to church is because they get touched something spiritually and yeah so i think same thing applies to hip-hop if it touches your spirit if that song like that's when i write songs i'm like the best feedback i've gotten was um so i had this gig three weeks oh two weeks ago for so far sound calgary it was at undercard boxing and this one person jen Ulay, she was uh she was there and then she saw me again a week after at vibing out at um six two eight stage and lounge and she came up to me and she hugged me and then I was first I was weirded out but I was I was thinking, oh maybe this is just one person who's in this this crowd who wants to give me love again for performing. Yeah. And then what made me want to tear up or what made me feel fulfilled was that she said that Man, your song home it's like I was there. I was in that situation where I was in a situation where I was I didn't know if I want to have a kid or if I should go through abortion. I didn't even know if this was really my home. I was moving from house to house to house to house to house. And it really hit me. And not this dad, your song 14A Street. And she spit the lyrics in front of me, the lyrics that really hit her. And I was like, yeah, I had to give her a really tight hug after. And it was like, yeah, yeah it's like if you hit people with your song spiritually, yeah. not just in a religious perspective, it's, it's it's right yeah it's right that's why like that's what i love about reality rap which ice cube terms in a sense because like ice cube presents reality rap in a gangster rap type of way it's because that's how we grew up yeah same with kendrick same with j cole and uh it, oh, no same with kendrick j cole comes from a more lighter perspective where he wants to have a more conscious cognitive tone yeah and it's it's just um you know all those elements still reach out to something which is spiritual. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, like, I'm a spiritual person in a sense where I always have on a weekly... I go to church every week. It's just because I want to really feel uplifted by something. Okay. Like, I have a lot of lows in life. Right now, I'm in a balance. Like, for the past three years, I was at my lowest. And I know in the future, I would probably still go lower. If not at the same level where I was low at. Because that's how life really is. Yeah. But right now, I'm like in Middle Earth right now, <laughs> in a sense. But then, it's probably going to, you know, I'm just sinking, letting this moment sink in right now. But in the future, it's just going to be, you know, I, I just want to have that upliftment. Because that's probably the only thing that's besides music that's keeping me sane, in a yeah. sense. But still, it's hard. Because even though we go to church, you still go alone. And after that, it's like, you know... Like, I always have this concept, which is a casket only fits one man. Yeah. is because you have to deal with your problems on your own. Yeah. Regardless of who you open up to. Yeah. You're on your own. You have to be your own man for that yeah. shit. And, so, like, yeah. you, like, you definitely can share. Yeah. And that does help. But in the, at the end of the day, it is you who has to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, before, I was too dependent on friends. I was too dependent on friends. Like, shit yeah. would hit the fan. I would call a friend right away. Shit would hit the fan. I'd call my mom right away. Regardless of how they listen, regardless of what they they tell me, at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to face it. 
So that's what my mentality is right now. And I have to be spiritual to be strong. That's yeah. the thing I, I, I look at it. If, I, if you ask me if I'm spiritual, yeah, I just have to be spiritual to be strong. That's the only thing I look at it. Cool. It's one of the, yeah, like the hardest things to realize is even because you want to help other people too. Yeah. But you can only help them so much. They have to help themselves. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's, I don't know if it's just part of growing up or if, but yeah, it's, it's hard, but. That's why when like people before, I wouldn't even have to say shit and would ask me. How are you? I'm like, I'm not really too good. Oh, I know how you feel. But I'm like, no, you don't know how I feel because you're not in my body. Yeah. You may know what it's like, but the magnitude yeah. isn't the same. Right. You, you know how you feel or you know how you think I feel. Yeah. So it's it's not the same. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. always different feelings, different magnitudes, different aspects mm -hmm. of things. So, yeah. And that's one of the most frustrating things about being human is nobody can really, really know no. exactly how you feel. No. No matter how much you say it or describe it or do anything, nobody will truly know exactly how yeah. you feel. You can always have a piece of the pie, but you can't eat the whole thing. That's yeah. something that, that how yeah. I see it in a way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so are there any like final things you want to say? or uh, Final things? First of all, yeah. First of all, I got to give the props and shout outs to you, man. But like, having me yeah, on this thanks, podcast thanks, dude i'm really happy you decided to come yeah, on yeah it, yeah it, it's really good like um i love having a conversation especially if it's with regard to like you know not being nervous if it's spontaneous right yeah and um yeah just uh just want to promote my my homies tracks besides mine like for no Im no imagination profit he dropped his uh album called the bear market it's out on itunes spotify soundcloud Bandcamp, my homie drew jetson he has some projects cooking he has some tracks also on soundcloud which you can listen to um nika we're working on some new stuff we have a new track out on soundcloud called daydreaming i have a new track out on spotify and itunes called caught up and it's probably gonna have a video soon i'm not saying when but probably soon <laughs> but yeah um yeah um uh, i've just been in a bubble since escape to get something up to par with this game i've been frustrated a month but i'm like i won't give a fuck anymore i'm just gonna make music how i want to Sweet. and caught up is probably the closest thing i have to escape right now other than that i'm gonna probably be releasing another album somewhere middle of the year for shows yeah may 10th cryptic wisdom at night owl uh i got my boy zico to show tonight at cow espresso bar and yeah it's just you know much love to everyone in doing things in the city. And safe and sound again, of course. Safe and sound. Cafe Koi, uh, end of April. Cool. So, yeah, it's uh, a lot of a lot of things happening. Uh, right now, I'm getting a bit of a break, but that's what worries me. It's like, am I gonna get bombarded with good things or bad things after? But I'm just living the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Final things. It's just you know, uh, stay true to what you want to do, and you you know. Some people try too hard, which is good because they probably want to push themselves. But, you know, before you try pushing yourself too hard, love yourself first. It's hard to do, but it doesn't hurt to try. Awesome. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, thank you very much for yeah. being on the show. Yeah, man. That was just fun. It's nice, man. Peace. Cool. Caught up. Thinking too much 
Drinking, smoking, overthinking, that's enough. Lost touch, not sleeping too much. Laying down in my four corners with a notepad out to my brains and borders, uh Lights off, got no ideas, but I got a lot of feelings with no description I'm tongue-tied, lost sight, blinded by the kind words appears It appears just right like compliments, turn round, they bite like snakes, a bitch, fuck Show up, fake love, be looking around me, but I gotta know Penitation on petty shit, when I should be focused on getting rich Got my ass broke out, coming off the bitch Three years done, finally escaped the bitch Off slave shit, off grave shit Said I'm losing all the rest on grave shit huh. Try living the moments and living my life in a box Been killing with kindness and all I get back sabotage Been trusting too much and I swear that my back is all gone I'm a better off alone Was it hard to Search for truth God, I'm, I'm a better off alone Too much Cover up my zone Drinking, smoking I'm just scared of what to do Living on a zone Too much Fuck forgiveness, I'll be gone God, too much Locked up in my four corners And I'm thinking about the women who I want to have it Swipe right, swipe left Dating on sites that I know I regret huh. Want love too much Been looking for love but my body wants lust Want to bust but not to care Man, I really don't know what I want from here huh. Single bed space living and I really want women Just broken enough to be hunted for four letter words My body wants lust, not ready to trust Check that, I can't see what I want to see And I really can't feel what I want to feel I'm surpassing my conscience like I'm under substance But really man, I just don't care, nah My problems inside me and I'm overthinking too much I'm pleasing the people, but really they don't give a fuck. Not living my moments too conscious of wanting the love. There's nothing alone. I'm a better off alone. If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca. There, you can visit our online store. We sell t-shirts, stickers, and posters. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.